Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rooted in Me podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon Leatherwood. Hey everybody, thanks for coming around for another little dose of Rooted in Me. Um, I wanted to say thank you to everybody for your encouragement. Uh, you n- do not know how much it means to me to have messages uh, from all of you saying uh, that you appreciate what I'm doing. Basically saying keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it really just gives me the spark that I need to have confidence in myself. So you really are uh, fueling this and I appreciate all of you so much for listening. Um, this week I did something a little different. I'm really trying to get more reviews on Apple Podcast um, because that's where it counts. So if you haven't yet, I would be so appreciative if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts um, and either leave, a, you know, throw your girl a five-star review if you want, or you could write a review as well, and that would mean the world to me. So I had uh, a couple of you guys um, enter into the contest to win a gift, and I put all of your names into a hat and did it the good old-fashioned way and the winner of the giveaway gift is kyle jackson so i will send a message out to you kyle i'm pretty sure he's off gallivanting in london which it's cool whatever you're just living your best life and i'm super proud of you um and i'll get that gift out to you man uh thank you everybody who entered and shared and liked and um reviewed i love all of you um i'm gonna start today off with a little quote that's gonna set the tone for today's episode you know how every once in a while you do something and the little voice inside says there that's it that's why you're here and you get a warm glow in your heart because you know it's true yeah do more of that those are some words to live by um So I know I've been talking a little bit about this class that I'm doing these last few episodes, and I've been kind of vague on what it is that we're all doing because there's so much information that I'm absorbing um, through this class with Jacob Norby, the author of Blessed Are the Weird, which is a book I highly, highly recommend. And he told us this story this last week that I've thought about over and over and over again. And I really wanted to um, tell it to you guys and and see if you relate to this story like I did. And if you see if you can go deep with this like, like I've been doing. And I, it's really inspired a lot of my journaling this last week. And um, it made a lot of sense. So he talked about a tribe of people who did this communication ceremony. And the whole purpose of this ceremony was to really help people break down, peel back all of the layers of something that that essentially haunts them. So one person 
um, who's been victimized in one way or another, no matter how big or small it is, just something that they need to process, they need to talk about, they're given the opportunity to do that. And that person sits in a circle of their whole tribe surrounding them. And this tribe is creating this really safe space for this person to talk. And this person is given the floor to talk for however long they need to talk, no matter what the situation is. If they feel like they've been wronged or if they, you know, traumatized. And like I said, no matter how big or small, whatever they need to, to process and speak on, whatever was laying heavy on their heart, they were given the opportunity to just get it all out there and and speak in a, in a place that was so safe to people who loved them and to people who just were there to listen and not just hear the words, but fully grasp what this person was going through. So the first time, you know, they were able to do it for hours, however long they needed to really search and go down every avenue of their, you know, their psyche, their heart, whatever it was. And then they were given a second opportunity and then a third opportunity. And I found that really interesting because, you know, what a a gift it is to sit there and just be heard First of all, to just get every, you know, just wring the washcloth dry of everything of every, you know, drop of water that there there is. And then they're also given the opportunity to process all of that. Uh, like I've said before, analyze and then let it go. And then oftentimes when you're going through something and you're given that opportunity to speak, if you are more shit comes up. Another layer presents itself and you have more to talk about and you have more to explore. And to be given that opportunity uh, to speak a second and third time until you really feel like, yeah, that's, I feel full with that. I feel like I've, you know, been able to get everything out. And that's such a healing thought. I mean, could you imagine if you were just heard over and over and over again and you were understood fully and you were seen, you were truly seen um, and understood for what you have, what you had gone through, no matter what it was, because the judgment wasn't there. You were just able to process it. And that's such a beautiful thing because I feel like we're... (laughs) We often feel like we're whining or uh, we feel like we're bitching or we feel like we're not grateful because we have something to complain about. And it's this whole idea of it's not, you know, whatever I'm going through is not that bad. Somebody always has it worse off than I do, which I guess in a sense is true, but it diminishes what you're going through and what you're going through is important and you should give a voice to it. And that's really what I've been exploring this last week. And, you know, I am a huge advocate of, of therapy. If you need, I feel like we all need therapy. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of, you know, <laughs> look how fucked up I am. It's, you know, 
It's you doing your part in breaking the pattern and breaking the chain. And what I mean by that is, you know, the generation before me and the generation before them and the generation beyond and beyond, we've all had our shit. And we raise our children with these, you know, these patterns that we were taught. And then our children go on to teach their children these patterns and so on and so forth. And if you don't break the negative pattern, if you don't break the chain of, of toxicity, then you're just going to pass it on and on and on again. So I think it's important for each of us to really own our own, you know, our own negative qualities, our own whatever has shaped us to respond a certain way um, that might not be healthy. So yes, therapy to anybody who's, who's willing and able and ready to better themselves for themselves and for, you know, the generations beyond and the generations past. Um, also a fan of having a close friend that you trust and really just having somebody know that you just need to be listened to. A lot of the times we don't need advice. We don't need somebody to tell us where to go, what to do, because that's not anybody else's job except for our own. What we need is somebody to just fully listen and listen with an open heart and listen without judgment and listen without advice. And just, you know, if you have that person in your life, Go to them and thank them for being your person because they need to know. Um, and then if you still don't have that, that's fine because we, it's not always accessible to us. I highly recommend starting a journal and not just, you know, a here and there thing, but deep journaling. And that way you are able to really get everything out on paper that needs to be said, all of the dark shitty thoughts that we all have and you're able to put them in the place where no one's eyes will be except for your own where no one's judgment is and it's it's a sense of freedom um and i think that can be highly highly healing i had a good friend of mine um i've talked about her on the podcast before her name is emily and she's, she was somebody who gave me um, some really meaningful words of encouragement this last week. And it was really simple and it was, it was short and to the point, but I swear to God, it made me cry because I was going through a bout of self, self-doubt where I was really kind of hoping I could get some reassurance on what I'm doing and what I'm saying on these podcasts even makes sense to somebody other than me. Um, and she gave me that feedback and it was really, really helpful. And, um, she was like, you know, you should tell the story about, uh, how you gave birth to your son. That's a really good story. And I thought, wow, that's really nice of her to be interested in that. And then the self-doubt kind of set back in and I was like, no one wants to hear that story again. I've told it a million times to my close friends and my parents and, you know, everybody knows that story, but there was that thought again of don't worry about me. I don't need to be seen. I don't need to be understood because, you know, you've heard it before. Don't worry about it. And I went back to that story of the tribe and how when you process things and how you peel the layers back and expose more and more of your own truths, then 
you know, more truths start to show up and more to the layer starts to reveal itself. And there's more to explore. There's always more to explore. Um, and so I thought I would, yeah, I would take her word for it and, and tell that story because it is an incredible and primal story where lessons were just, I mean, that, that, that experience was riddled with lessons for me. Um, and it was probably the most powerful opportunity I've ever gotten to really believe in myself because I had nowhere the choice but to believe in myself. Um, Jack was born in a snowstorm and it was currently snowing when I went into labor and it was freezing and the roads were iced over and I went into labor close to 3 a.m. in the morning and I'd come to find out that I had actually been in labor for probably several hours but I did not I didn't trust my body enough I didn't trust my body enough until it was too late in a sense and my husband um was a superhero that night and he he I I don't know if I would have survived without him quite literally um I went into labor and it was an almost it was in the same instant that I knew I was in labor that I knew this baby was coming now and we were living on a third story apartment and we were in the process of moving so half of our things were at our new house and half of our things were packed in boxes and when all that chaos we had no idea where anything was we still thought we had over a month um, to kind of get everything in order and pack a bag and and get all those good things ready and set um but we didn't have that opportunity so I barely had a chance to find my glasses and get pants on and shoes on. Um, and then I had to walk down all three flights of stairs while, uh, what I'm guessing was being probably close to seven, um, centimeters dilated. I mean, I was, I was ready. And so I'm climbing down all these stairs. I have to hop into my husband's huge truck we just hit the gas and go. And I'm like, you need to call my dad. And my dad was the only one that was close. My mom lives an hour and a half away. His parents are in a different state. Um, I said, call, call my dad and let him know. And then the labor starts happening. And it's, it's the first opportunity that I've really felt my body take over. You don't have any other option but to be along for the ride. And it's very, very primal. And so you start to, I started to scream and make sounds that I had never made before and sounded truly animalistic. And so when my husband was calling my dad, he's like, hey, yeah, we're headed to the hospital. And my dad is like, what is that sound? My husband's like, yeah, that's your daughter. Um, and I ended up knowing that he was coming and he was born on the road on Easter morning, March 27th. And I held him in my arms and I was not sure if he was breathing. Um, he was very purple and he was not making a sound. And through all the adrenaline, I wasn't even sure if I could find any signs of life. Um, 
we were circling around and trying to find the ER and my husband ran in for help and here I am in the most vulnerable position I've ever been in. I had just given birth. I was holding my new baby in my hands. Um, not sure if he was alive or not with my pants around my ankles covered in blood and um, I remember my husband grabbed this man with a security guard jacket and he was in the waiting room we thought he was a security guard that worked there turns out he was there with his wife who was also giving birth and she was up in the, the NICU and he was down just walking into the hospital my husband said hey man can you come help us we need your help and he walked over and saw me holding my son and kind of with this shock on my face just of, you know, please help me. Is my baby okay? And he goes, is he breathing? And I said, I don't know. He's not crying. So he looked at my husband and he said, you have to flick his foot. So my husband reached into his truck and flicked our son's foot. And sure enough, Jack let out a weak little whimper of a cry, but I knew he was alive. I was picked up and put onto the stretcher and I remember the snow was coming down and my son was naked <laughs> and we were both just kind of frozen and, and shocked and we pulled through the ER. Uh, I later found out that there were several people in the ER while I was being pushed through on the stretcher and I just remember the guy in front who was, who was running me up to the elevator was kicking these wet floor signs out of the way. Someone had just mopped, and so he was kicking the wet floor signs. Pow, pow, pow. And we made it into the elevator. And uh, they immediately took my son away and started working on him. He was very, very cold. He was premature. Um, he was purple. I remember his feet and his hands being so purple. They looked black on the bottoms of his feet. And, um, they started to work on me and they, he was taken off to the NICU. And that was my first experience with having a child in the, uh, newborn intensive care unit. And that was a very scary thing for me. Uh, now with my third pregnancy with a daughter who was in the NICU, I know those are angels on earth, those NICU nurses, and they, you know, they truly are amazing at what they do. But going through all of this and being pushed to the point where you are in your most primal state of mind really was a, a turning point for me. I've never been so scared as I was that day. And looking back, you know, I've gone through, I've, I've cried over that experience in my life, and so has Jake. I've laughed over it because it's so ridiculous. And a quick inside joke was earlier that night, uh, Jake and I were at a restaurant, and I watched this video of this woman who gave birth in her car and literally laughed at her. I was like, how? I mean, how do you not know you're in labor? Okay, and then 12 hours later, like, there I am on the side of the road. It was a cruel joke the universe was playing on me. Um, and as I look back almost three years later, I'm so grateful that I got to go through something that pushed me to my literal limit. 
that I had to learn in the deepest sense to trust my body and what my body is telling me. And now I use that in my day-to-day life, even without realizing it. I use the example of having a really hurt foot in, in last week's episode, and I, when I'm in pain, and I think a lot of us do this, when we're in pain, we just try to push it to the back corners of our mind. If we don't pay attention to it, then it's not really happening, and that can go for a lot of things in our life. If I just don't notice this discomfort in my life and I gloss over it like it's not happening then it'll go away when in fact it does the complete opposite and just embeds itself into you until you give it the much needed attention so listen to your body and that just you know I use that in the sense of yes physical let's go to the very basic primal examples of listening to your body Notice when you're hangry, go eat something. Notice when you're thirsty, drink your water. Notice when you need to rest and just do nothing and respect that time. Notice when you've rested enough and need to get up and move yourself, move your body. Um, And then, you know, that's very primal. That's very much like taking care of a child. How can you take care of yourself like you are your own child? Break it down to the basic needs. Listen to your body when you were, you know, needing something, do it. Learn how to take care of your body in the simplest way and then move up from there. Listen to your body when you really need to say something and you need to say it again and again and again until you feel like the communication is so healthy and so strong that you can move on. We tend to hold that tension in ourselves, in our body, in our physical body, if we're going through emotional or mental strain. So start to pay attention. The best way that you can check in with yourself and check in with your body is simply by breathing. That's all you need to do. And maybe you could do it right now. Why not? Take the deepest and biggest breath you have taken all day right now. Do it again. Inhale. And exhale. Do it a third time. Check in with yourself. Where is your discomfort lying? How can you give it attention? Give it space. Give it love. And then move on to the process of, through the process of healing. Another thing that this whole experience has taught me is to rely on those around you when you need it and if it weren't for these little I mean yes my husband was a fucking rock star that night he was calm even though he was terrified he was there for me I remember his eyes you know I remember him telling me we're almost there I can see the hospital you're gonna be fine Later on, he told me that he did not think that Jack was breathing as well, and he still, you know, rose up to the occasion, took care of us fast, quickly, and efficiently, and he is, you know, he's my hero because of that night. Also, with random people spread, you know, throughout this experience, like the security guard, who, God knows, could have gotten there just in the nick of time, to get my son to breathe before it was too late. 
I didn't know this. Actually, neither of us even realized or noticed, but we had a sheriff following us the entire way to the hospital with his lights on. And we were going so fast and we were so adrenaline fueled and we were terrified and focused that we didn't even realize what was going on behind us. And the sheriff came, or whoever, the the police officer came, and he had ran our plates, and he had looked us up, and he was just making sure that we were okay. I think when you see somebody driving 90 miles an hour down the road in the middle of the night, headed towards the hospital, I was, you know, he took it upon himself to make sure that everything was okay, and I really appreciate him, even though I might not ever know who that policeman was. The nurses, the doctors, I mean... It really was a divine experience where you realize that the people who are in your life are there for a reason, even if it's only for a blip of a second. They do their part, they move on, and you're that person for other people too. It's really kind of this extraordinary dance that we're all taking part in, whether we realize it or not. And then to bring it back to the beginning... To tell this story over and over again, even to myself, even to journal it, even to tell it to you guys now, I'm peeling back the layers of the the lesson-packed experience that that was, and I'm really kind of reliving and then relishing in each moment and what it means. This is just my experience, and, and maybe you can relate to this on some level or another where you've had to... And even if it's just day-to-day things, even if it's just your interaction with a stranger, I mean, just realize that there, you know, God, there's lessons everywhere if you just pay attention. There's signs everywhere. There's divine intervention everywhere you look. Um, and and we're worthy of seeing those signs, and we are significant enough enough and worthy to live an extraordinary life where everything kind of seems magical once you look back on it like that. Um, So thank you, Emily, for that suggestion. I love you to bits, and I have forever. Um, Thank you to Jacob Norbody, who told me uh, the story of the tribe and how they can fully communicate what's going on in their mind, heart, and soul. And thank you to everyone who's listened and encouraged me along the way. Uh, With that being said, stay humble and noble, friends. All my love.